Welcome to the You Don't Own the Lake podcast. My name is Brian Andreka, owner and full-time fishing guide of Kansas Angling Experience Guide Service. Join me here once a week as well as on the YouTube channel with special guests to discuss a wide variety of topics in the fishing world from Kansas fishing to baits to presentations, boats, electronics, and just general all-around talking. Thanks to everyone for tuning in and hope you enjoy the episode. All right, boys and girls. Well, welcome back to um, a somewhat long overdue podcast episode here on the you don't own the lake podcast um it's been a while um i'm joined today with my good friend grant martin you guys have maybe seen him on the youtube channel in several crappie videos wiper videos uh maybe walleye videos i don't know i don't think we've done any walleye videos yeah Yeah, we did the bottom bouncing last year the year before that's true yep um but anyway, things have been crazy busy, obviously. I mean, I feel like I say this all the time, being a full-time fishing guide, that things get uh, kind of crazy this time of year, and they also get kind of crazy for all the guests that I have lined up on this podcast as well. So I decided to kind of take a little bit of a break from the podcast and focus more on the fishing content side of things. And um, if you guys have been keeping up with the YouTube channel, I've put out three fishing videos since the last podcast, um, which for me, again, this time of year is a lot of fishing content, but I got a lot of it done on Memorial Day weekend last weekend. So um, I guess today uh, I was going to actually do this podcast by myself last Friday because I was so stressed out about not actually having a podcast to put out. Um, But again, none of the guests that I had lined up. Our schedules just didn't match up because everyone is obviously in the fishing industry and this is a busy time of year for everyone, uh, especially those uh, like myself with kids at home. They're out of school. Uh, seeing as how this little podcast space is between the kitchen and the living room, doing podcasts uh, with the kids home is not ideal. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work like that. Very true. Realistically, Very true. you know, anyway, so I guess... Um, seeing is that, you know, I don't have a particular, you know, out of town guest or zoom guest or anything. That's why I wanted to have Grant on because we just very recently fished together. When was it last Friday? Was it Thursday? No, Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday night. Um, and I thought that this would be a good opportunity on the podcast to kind of do like a April, May, June, uh, you know, kind of walleye roundup round table situation kind of talk uh, as far as like what we've been doing, um, what we're currently doing, what the plans are here for the next month. So that's, um, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today, but it is uh, Monday afternoon. Grant and I both have some crispy beverages because it is both of our days off. This is my only day off this week. Wait, is this weekend Father's Day weekend? No, next no, weekend. No, the is. 18th. Yeah. So I'm on my regular schedule this week, but off today to get stuff done. So I thought it was good to have Grant on. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk a lot about walleyes, kind of recap those videos that you guys saw, the casting jig and plastic video, the bottom bouncer video. Definitely going to talk about the jig and plastics because that's what you and I did last Thursday. So get a little sip of the old drink here. Grant, you can talk. We don't have, you know, this isn't like a scripted thing. We're just shooting shit here. (laughs) Well, let me give everybody a little background on uh, myself and, and uh, you know, kind of how I got into fishing. And um, Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> Probably <laughs> just, right. Just kidding, buddy. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I fished my whole life. Um, growing up, uh, my, my mom's side of the family 
uh, is from South Central North Dakota, um, Glacial Lakes up there. And uh, I grew up uh, every summer going fishing with my granddad. Um, I mean, he'd tell me to be up at 4 a.m. and I'm up at 4 a.m. And uh, I love spending that time with him in the boat and, uh, you know, got pretty hooked on on the pike and the walleye and the perch. Um, and my dad really never was a big, uh, fisherman. He loved to be out, you know, enjoying the outdoors. Um, but never really was kind of the, the fisherman type. So, um, you know, I really enjoyed those summer times with my granddad and, and, uh, after he passed away, you know, it kind of was already in my blood and, and I've been fishing ever since. And, you know, living here, uh, in Kansas, there's a lot of opportunity and, um, you know, the, the walleyes, everybody kind of raises their eyes when I tell them, yeah, you know, I'm going to catch a walleye. Well, there's no walleye in Kansas. Well, you know, there really are. And, um, you know, besides the, the walleye fishery, um, you know, I kind of gravitate a little bit towards crappie and, and enjoy bass fishing too. So, um, you know, that's a little bit about me and, uh, been fortunate to spend some time with Brian. Um, we've developed a good friendship over the years and, uh, um, was fortunate to be asked to, uh, Officiate his wedding. He did. This he is Reverend his, Martin. Yeah, he yeah, married Father G. Married Danny Father last, G. last year. Um, but uh, felt fortunate and uh, privileged to uh, to marry them, and um, and here we are today. That was really just because you're the only person I trusted not to get too shit housed before the actual ceremony. So, spoiler alert. Smart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like fifty percent <laughs> kidding. Well, thanks for the background, Grant. Um, I think uh, one thing too. Big shout out to one of my clients, Jeremy Horseman, for making me this badass metal sign back behind Grant here. So, Jeremy, uh, I've been looking forward to doing the next podcast. I was just got that up on the wall last week, and uh, I, he just he just hit me up and said, "Hey, this is what I do, and I want to make something." So, looks super awesome. I had to kind of rearrange some stuff. We're still in the process of. Rearranging things. Danny says that this uh, wall area is too busy over here, but I don't care because we got another another little picture to put up from Grant and I's walleye beat down last Thursday. But anyway, thanks, Jeremy, if you're watching. So, but anyway, so uh, I've this is actually like the first podcast that I actually have a little notepad of things to go over because there is a lot of topics to talk about. Um, and I mean, these are things that Grant and I do every late April, May, and June. Well, sometimes in March too for the saugers. We've had the early season sauger bite before the uh, post-spawn walleyes really fire up. But we're going to cover a lot of topics and stuff today. Um, so strap yourself in and enjoy the ride because I don't know, it may go off the rails even though I have you know this piece of paper here. It really doesn't mean shit. So we'll see what happens. But um I haven't really talked about too much in other podcasts because I've had a guest on, you know, mainly focusing on them. And, you know, that's why I didn't want to do a solo podcast the other day because you don't want to sound too narcissistic, you know, when you're talking about yourself or things that you're doing or whatever. But this is all information that people can put into their own stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to. Absolutely. You can cut me off and interject at any time. No, I think want. that, I mean, regardless of how much you think you know, you don't. Um, you can always take pearls from other people and, um, you know, that's, that's how, I mean, that's how we all learn at the end of the day. So, yeah. True uh, that. I like talking about it. That's why I'm a good fishing guide. Cause I like to talk 
and teach. And that's what we're going to do. So we'll kind of start out with like mid to end of April. So I know you haven't, didn't really do a lot of set the live scoping walleyes, you know, in the deep water for the most part. Um, but that's like, you're getting our, our first kind of wave of post-spawn walleyes, uh, that end up, you know, out in the middle of the lake suspended fish, um, which is a really cool fishing suspended walleyes in the state of Kansas is really fun because that's something that we only kind of typically think about maybe in the great lakes type situation. You know, like what I'm going to do in August catching big suspended walleyes feeding on alewives and stuff. Um, but you know, it's still kind of a post spawn thing, late post spawn either way, but that's what, uh, that's kind of how I spend the majority of my mid to end of April. And you guys have seen the videos on the channel from this year. I made sure to do, one or two. And I think there was even one from last year where fishing them vertical, no casting or anything, just a jig and a battle shad, you know, and just yeah. twitching it once, getting in front of the fish, taking it away from them real slow, just reeling. And all those fish are for the most part in the river channel. We did catch a lot kind of out in the main basin, you know, like off the structure, like when I told you, yeah. like, Oh, they're catching them in the same place as last year. We're out in space. Mm-hmm. but it's close to a piece of structure and they just end up showing up there every day. Some are on the bottom and some are suspended, but that's kind of that post spawn bite. And then from there we transition into May. So the water's starting to warm up and that's when we start thinking more about, you know, like the bottom bouncing and stuff, oh, which yeah. I know absolutely you enjoy. You're a big troller. Yep. Big trolling guy. Yeah, absolutely. No, the bouncers, um, they, it's a necessity tried it's not true. everybody's favorite thing tried and true yeah that's the guarantee that's what i always tell people that's like when they're booking trips like a year in advance i'm like okay if you want you know the live scope vertical uh whatever you know casting big fish early season late season and that's all dependent on mother nature i mean you know what our spring oh, yeah. oh. winds are like just can be complete shit, which i really like but that may and june it's like you want to catch a lot of fish like walleyes in particular and a lot of fish it's bottom bouncing yep no i agree they're either out on the flats or they're on structure and you know they're moving around a lot you know the water was what 75 ish yesterday yeah Yeah. so things are moving up yep absolutely shallow deep doesn't matter they're there but for the most part shallow yeah so but yeah that's um See, and this is why I hate having a script because I keep looking down and I'm like, okay, I have to talk about this and I have to talk about this and do it, dit, dit, dit. Yeah. not make, you know, just like screw this thing. We'll talk about that. Helps. We'll talk about a little bit of everything. It helps to have that yeah. in front of us. But yeah, I mean, that kind of, that brings us into where we are now. I feel like it was probably maybe the second week of May, maybe the third. It's like after my dad's birthday, maybe yeah, second, first or second week of May that we got off the, the fish got out of the, the walleyes got out of the channel yep. and then they slid up onto the, the yeah. flats and different pieces of structure and stuff. And, um, that's when we started the bottom bouncers. Yep. And seeing the males, um, first, uh, coming up from the depths, um, they're <laughs> super, super hungry and, uh, and a lot of them, not, not terribly hard to catch, but, um, but a lot of really nice eating fish. Um, the nice thing to see too, is that, uh, you know, there's, uh, both of us were catching a lot of the wallets, the, the, the fish that are under the limit. And, um, you know, that just goes to show good lake management and there's going to be some nice up and coming year classes, um, down the road. So, 
Um, you know, I'm quite honestly, I'm a big fan of keeping 15 to 17 inch walleyes. I, I think yeah. once you get, I mean, it, <laughs> well, it depends the, on the lake, uh, it, depending on the lake. Yeah. Too. I mean, some lakes, yeah, they have to be over 18, but, um, you know, the lake that, uh, we primarily fish, um, it's a 15 inch, uh, limit, um, five in combination, whether that be a walleye or a sauger or saga or a saga guys now too. Yep. And that, that is something, too, that I'll probably bring up at another point in time, too, is being in touch with the fisheries biologist here locally, yeah. Jim Miazga. Um, he's going to be on the podcast here pretty soon as well. Uh, you know, he's a Monday to Friday schedule guy on the lake, so that's tough for me to do on my days off, but we're going to hook up. He lives right here in town. Um, but, yeah, we're seeing the 2019 year classes of saw guys that they put in our particular reservoir so there's a ton of the 14 and a half to 16 inch year class of fish you know which like you lakes are cyclical up and down absolutely you know in years past it was like we were limiting out well and i mean granted we have had some very quick limits this year um (laughs) yeah yeah but i'm I'm just talking like size wise to where like maybe two years ago covid year 2020 2019 2020 and 2021 you know, like a lot of 17 to 20 inch fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this year we're seeing the small mean got like average for four or five hours of fishing, catch 30 or 40 walleyes, but you may only have eight to 10 over 15, which in this state in Kansas, there are only two reservoirs that have a 15 inch minimum length limit. Yep. Not, I mean, I don't know about the state fishing lakes. I'm just talking about actual reservoirs. Um, so it's good to see, but I like seeing the saw guys, Cause I met up with Jim a couple times now to have him clip fins, um, mm-hmm. for him to send off yeah. to university of Wisconsin, Stevens point, um, for them to get data from, I don't know, I'm not even going to try and explain what they're doing with it. Cause he's going to be on the <laughs> podcast, talk about it. I don't think they're going to analyze how old the fish is or whatever, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Um, it's just like, there's been a lot of chatter we'll say on the internet i don't i haven't really talked to you a lot about this too and we're not even going to talk about it uh, that much on this podcast because i don't want to give that guy any attention but a lot of chatter about all the small fish at clinton oh yeah and or me having people long arm fish and it's like who gives a shit man there yeah if it's over 15 and people want to eat fish if it's if it's over 15 i mean you know hey it is what it is folks i mean it's they're gonna it's (laughs) They're going to get eaten by somebody. Yeah. Um, and like I was saying earlier, I mean, you know, <laughs> I had 15 to 17 inch walleye or butter. Yeah. Big time. So, We're very fortunate to have that yeah. um, minimum length limit. And it's been that way since the beginning. Thanks to Richard Sanders. Rest Absolutely. his soul. Yes. Um, and I don't see it. Jim said too, doesn't see it changing anytime soon. So if we do get one over 22, they go back. So I caught that 24, 25, whatever yesterday. Yeah. And the guys that were fishing close by about shit their pants when yep. they saw me let it go. <laughs> well, I mean, you had a 22 the other night when we were out, and I mean, that fish is still swimming. So, yeah. um, I think that's important. Um, but we were also pillaging the eaters that night, too, oh, yeah, which yeah, we will too. get to that as well, the casting fast and jigs and plastics, too. Fast and furious eating. Either way, I'm pretty, I mean, I always have said, too, and I mean, you've seen it. We see the bigger fish in early spring and late fall, like when we're live scoping them in the river channel. Yeah. Yep. When they're mixed in with the wipers. Well, I shouldn't say mixed in. They're below all the wipers and white bass. Yeah, it's I had a 25, and I always talk about it. Well, I took the uh, picture behind me down to replace some stuff, but that nine and a quarter pounder from December, 
a late fall feed bag fish like you wouldn't see if you, you'd be really hard pressed to see a fish that big in the summertime oh absolutely when they're metabolizing I mean, those, everything so fast those fish i mean that you know what was it probably a two week maybe a three week stretch where you were catching them. oh last november yeah yeah thanksgiving I mean, oh all the way gosh. up to almost christmas i mean just dandies 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 and um good ones and the eaters too i mean the 18 inchers yeah like just chunky yeah. but as far as trophy fish um <laughs> i mean beautiful great time yeah they were it was incredible I, yeah, I don't know. I have an affinity for those like 24 to 26 inches. Cause like we see it like when that fish, when that 24, 25 or whatever came up yesterday before Jeff put it in the net, I mean, I was like, Whoa. well, you know what it's like seeing fishing that comes up for the first time. It looks oh, four yeah. inches bigger in the oh, water. Absolutely. But absolutely. Was, uh, it's good to have those mixed in. Well, you go, you and I, yeah, we kind of have the running joke. There's, you know, there's no, no no fish over 28 inches in the lake oh and, yeah uh, that guy at the and cleaning station yesterday and, two days ago you know i mean my opinion is and i and i appreciate um clients that are in your boat and your willingness that you know if if, if a fish is over this length limit let's let's let it go and you know that way fish will get over 28 inches you might get that 30 inch walleye yeah. out of a lake in Kansas instead of going, you know, up to Milwaukee or up there. Yeah. Um, but it's just like Craig Johnson said too on his podcast, um, you know, the average lifespan of a walleye in Kansas is like eight to 10 years. And you got to figure that a fish at 28, 29 inches, which depends on the lake. I mean, yeah, you'll see some thirties that's at the end of its life cycle. And absolutely. it's like, just exactly what Craig said. Do you want that fish to die in the lake? Or do you want to catch it and keep it? And for me personally, like I'm not cutting a fish that big. I would rather rather let it die in the lake and let the turtles eat it or a great blue heron or a pelican versus me. Um, I mean, I'll put it on the wall, I guess. But I don't know. It's just like yeah. the morals or the values that I was raised with being from the North Country and down here it's different. But. You know, you can, you can get a replica made. I mean, you've yeah. got replicas back here. And, and honestly, for me, I'd rather see, uh, you know, or or know that there's a chance that, you know, some young child could catch that yeah. fish and i mean might be the biggest fish they'll ever catch again in their life of that species walleye especially be yeah. hooked in 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 a heartbeat i yeah. guarantee it so yep that just i mean whatever you know it's you're if you're in your boat and you choose to keep a fish that big you know that's your legal right to be able to do that but for clients in my boat anything over 22 goes back and they appreciate that too especially if we're yeah. catching eaters you know it's like and if they wanted to mount something you take the length you take the girth and you take a shitload of pictures and send it to your favorite replica taxidermist and boom you've got one for life that's going to last way longer and look way better than a skin mount anyway but yeah um so that's kind of where we're at now um again just like we'll t we'll again get more into the bottom bouncing because now unfortunately just depending on the conditions like the casting bite is not going to just it's not going to be there some days like yesterday with the zero wind and stuff not so, only that but the wind direction too uh, yeah so yeah that like plays a big east factor. northeast wind in the summertime yeah brutal yeah and it was slick calm yesterday and it was bad and it was the same flies. way this morning too uh, yeah wind now with, i saw uh, a picture from somebody that i'm friends with that was on the lake this morning and there was nobody there and it was just absolutely slick calm so but yeah I uh, just keep looking. Now we got the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the afternoon showers, and you know, 
wind picks up a little bit, and uh, usually the evening bites been pretty darn good. Mm, so. Not even the evening, but I just mean, like the afternoon, afternoon if the wind's blowing. <coughs> like, uh, well, if you guys are watching this on the YouTube channel or even just listening to the podcast, the video from Memorial Day weekend that I posted on Sunday night that I filmed on Saturday with uh, my wife and her friend, um, like three or three thirty in the afternoon, boats blowing all over the place, and I was just railing while I was on a, every other cast. That jigging plastic bite that you and I also did—that yeah. was a fun, oh my gosh, fun week. I had didn't touch a night crawler for six days until yesterday, so that was a pretty good streak for this time of year. Absolutely, <laughs> to not have to drag worms because that's pretty much all everyone does here, whether it's a dragging a jigging a night crawler, bottom bouncer, or whatever, but. Well, and sometimes, I mean, you think about Memorial Day weekend, um, sometimes I think, honestly, the boats help stir up the lake a little bit and uh, to some degree get the fish going. So, um, yeah, you've got to put up with a bunch of waves. Um, Probably people getting too close, um, which has happened to the best of us. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation for another podcast but you also have the opportunity to have a really good bite too so and, yeah. and you definitely experienced that um look like a good time it was a good time um wait what were you talking about i was uh, about the groceries just got delivered and i looked at my watch and i lost nice. my train of thought <laughs> what'd you say uh, we were talking about memorial day weekend <laughs> oh yeah yeah and, you know that was well we'll talk about that stretch a week too now we're kind of getting just, into the <clears throat> june months yeah, dog days while on that. I know you keep looking down at the itinerary, trying yeah. to move us along, yeah. and I keep trying to digress, but that's what podcasts are for. Yeah. We digress, and then we get back on track. I was just looking at my pen thinking about some asshole on Facebook from a hole. I don't even want to get into it either, but <clears throat> they said, because I know that they watch the, the podcast, they said something about me and my weed vape pen and jailhouse tattoos. Huh. I was like, that's pretty funny i've never been to jail and the tattoos on my body cost probably more than the guy's boat itself that over the last good thing that people don't judge i wish i had a weed vape pen (laughs) (laughs) oh internet i love the internet that's why i stay away from it god bless the internet that's why i stay away said you can keep your weed vape your weed pen and your jailhouse tattoos anyway um so yeah, let's well, let's first talk about the casting bite because, and I just I actually just had this done today, boys and girls. Let me just bring the video back up and make sure that it's in the frame. Probably saw that. this. If you guys follow the socials, if you don't follow the socials, go follow the Facebook and Instagram page. That was from last Thursday. Grant and I just had ourselves a day. So my day this day started out. Let's see. So I'd had, I think maybe the day before, the day before that had clients on that bite. Like we started the morning out, bottom bouncing, and then we caught, we caught like seven keepers and it was good. And I was like, well, let's, you know, if it's this good, let's go do the casting bite. Yeah. And then we went over to the spot that you and I had fished and, um, had them on there. There was like another boat over there, but they were just setting up drifts over the spot. And then as we pull up and like within two casts, get a keeper then within another two casts, get another keeper. And then that boat that was drifting decided to stop drifting and then just trolling motor up right to where we were casting. I'm talking 25 feet Ugh. from the boat and then just sit there. Cause they were just vertical jigging <sighs> worms. And then 
we'd caught our 10th keeper and i told those clients i was like you know what let's just get yeah. out of here nope Bye-bye. i'm not i'm Bye-bye. not dealing with this but no. so that is one thing that if you guys fish lakes with shallow structure and this applies to the bottom bouncing 101 video that i did too earlier this week um especially when you're looking on your map and finding long shallow points that come out from shore you know you may be 300 yards offshore on a big point that comes up to like what four to eight feet maybe four or six feet is what i like but yep. if you can side scan that point and it's got rocks on it um which i guess has the one thing i forgot to interject in this was like a graphic of that perspective view or perspective, perspective mode yeah, the live scope yeah. perspective that i showed you that rock pile that we were fishing just pitching a, a small jig in a plastic like you can do it with a night crawler but I mean, when walleyes are around, so are drum and little catfish, and they're mm-hmm. just gonna those little pecker heads are just gonna peck away at your crawler. But eighth ounce jig, even sometimes a sixteenth ounce jig, you know, just to give it more hang time, keep it out of the rocks. But we use we use the quarters, quarters, know, keep it a yeah. little bit more yeah. aggressive. But those small spots, you know, like versus spots that you would normally troll with a bottom bottom bouncer that you can set up on cast to. I mean, how much freaking fun was yeah. that? Because Dude, we'll just we'll set the day i'll set the day up first i'm going to stop talking and i'll let grant talk here but i want to set the day up first so it was last thursday i had a six hour guide trip planned that morning show up to the ramp six o'clock rolls around 605 i call my client he unfortunately mixed up his day he thought it was supposed to be the day after even though he'd already confirmed that it was that thursday morning so he wasn't going to be able to make it and i just knew that it, since i was already there and awake i wasn't going to go home and just go back to sleep that I was going to run out and fish and ran right to that shallow point with rocks on it and uh, just started pounding on the wall. I was on a quarter ounce jig. And um, I mean, I wish I could say it was a swing them in baits hammer tail, but it's that be fishing tackle authentics plastics, the pulsar. Um, I didn't keep any fish that morning. I probably caught, what did I say? I had 26 walleyes yeah. in three hours and yep. 16 would have kept. Yep. So that was that morning. And then that was like, get off the water call you tell you a story yep it's like hey maybe we should uh maybe <laughs> hey, we should break away later today we should do the fishing. afternoon i can probably get my calls made and find some time to go fishing and, and we that, did and we didn't and that bite i mean <laughs> i can't really say i don't know that bite for me in the morning did die because we had a little bit of a breeze and then it slicked off it was calm and the, i mean it was a thursday and the boat traffic was just fucking outrageous but um went back out at what time do we start fishing? Four, four thirty, probably four thirty. Four thirty. No, maybe it was five. Yeah. Well, we met at four thirty, and we yeah. were on the water. And Nobody at there. The spot by five. Not a soul. And and I well, I told you too when we were leaving the marina. I was like, we were gonna sit on this spot all night. I don't care about anything. We're gonna sit on the spot, and that's what we did. And we, well, we'll just say this. I had my I that evening. I did keep fish. Had my five keepers in just around twenty five minutes. But yeah. this leads us to our next it was awesome. topic of conversation as far as the jig and plastics go, and that is cadence. Yes. Because it did um, tell us about your experience on that, so, on that faithful evening. So yeah, and that you know, that's why I said earlier about um, we can all take pearls away from people that we fish with. Um, drum pearls? Drum pearls as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I let that one go that evening. Yeah. But we did get some good laughs out of it. Um yeah, I mean, you absolutely, I, I think it was maybe your second cast, uh, I mean, fish on. And then maybe the third or fourth cast, fish on. And I mean, too. you were literally, I mean, you put on a f- clinic. 
um, for those 25 minutes. And, and that's one thing that, um, you know, that I, I took from that night of us being out is, is really, um, thinking about cadence, thinking about fall, um, really getting my timing down. And once I was able to do that, um, you know, I was putting fish in the boat Mm -hmm. and, um, and then with both of us doing that, (laughs) I mean, conservatively yeah we were crushing i don't even we should have there were a lot of fish i mean it was just it was lights out and to the point of i could vertical jig a plastic and still catch fish i mean that's how good the bite was it was well yeah that was special and and you know and, and but back to the cadence thing i mean that's that's something that i think um a lot of people need to take to heart and really learn how to, um, you know, kind of, I don't, I don't want to say perfect their fishing, but, but there is, it almost, it, it kind of takes it to the next level when you really dial that in and, and it's amazing. And it, it showed that night, um, the fish pay attention to it. And if you can get that down, you're definitely going to put more fish in the boat. Yeah. And that, I guess for people that are listening to, when we talk about cadence, and this is, I was just bringing up like the dictionary definition. There's several, especially as it pertains to like running, uh, you know, people that run and music and stuff, but it is a regular and repeated pattern of activity. So when we talk about cadence with a jig and plastic, it's getting that cast out there and then getting it to bottom. And we're just doing a slow pull up and letting that bait fall down to bottom. And at the same time, picking up your slack. And as soon as that bait hits bottom, you pull it back up and you just get that rhythm in your head of doing as that bait's falling, counting one, 1,000, you know, that bait's going to hit bottom. You pull it right back up. It's not let it sink. And then it's on the bottom for three seconds. And then you pull it up and then do that again. And then next time it's two seconds. And then you like really rip it or a snap. It's like the same every time. And walleyes are really smart. So again, they pick up on that. Cadence is also applicable a lot to jerk bait fishing, you know, twitch, twitch, pause, mm-hmm. twitch, 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 pause, twitch, twitch, pause, whatever. Um, so when you're really proficient at a jig and a plastic bite, it's probably because your cadence is dialed in. I mean, I feel like when the fish are stupid, yeah, you can go out and just drag a plastic or pop it or hop it or pull yep. it or whatever. And they're, they're going to bite. But like when you're dialed, you saw oh, like yeah. I was, and I told you, I'm like, don't, don't get discouraged. Cause I'm pillaging you right now. Just think about what your bait is doing and how you're working mm-hmm. it. Cause I see that a lot with clients too. We're like, they I see them catch one or whatever, and then they go 30 minutes without catching another one. And I see them get lazy because they're in their head about it. And they're like, I'm not going to get this. And then they start getting lazy with, you know, the pull or there, it's not hitting bottom or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, just slow down and yeah. stop and yeah, keep your head in the game. Cause that is how you become proficient with a jig stick is just the, meth- the how methodical you're yep. being with it. Well, and it, I mean, you use it when you're fishing for wiper, um, I mean, it's applicable across all species. I mean, you, you talked mm-hmm. about jerk baits. Um, you know, you think about like a Zara spook walking the dog, um, you yeah, know, just thing. all those, all those things that once you, once you perfect it, um, your, uh, your fish catch rate goes way up. Way yeah. Up. Well, and I mean, even if, even if it doesn't, your chances at oh, your catch rate yeah. go up. Yeah. Like if the fish are off, they're off. Like yesterday yeah. we did, we tried that casting butt on that same spot for yeah you said an hour and 15 minutes or something and i was like if we haven't caught a keeper by now i'm not going to sit here and wait another hour for the fish to turn on which like 
there was no wind. So then we started pulling bottom bouncers after that and covering water because there was no wind. So it didn't have the fish set up on any one piece of structure and they just, they weren't going, just not happening. Yep. So, but with that comes the tackle too. Um, this is a really good time for me to plug the new Fox mm-hmm. River FRX series mm-hmm. of rods that just came out Absolutely. a couple months ago. Because this is my first time that I've really been, I mean, I prototyped that 7.6 medium last year that we don't even have right now in the lineup. That's for 2024. But that 6.10 medium light and the 7.6 medium light, <laughs> I mean, whew, with the tungsten jig, they're beautiful. I mean, you can beautiful. feel a fish fart on your lure from yeah. three feet away. You let me throw one of those the other night when we were out, and oh my gosh, that was your first time fishing yeah. it too. <laughs> that was my first time. It is very. I mean, I'm not saying you have to go out and spend two fifty. And I loved it on a Fox River rod, but if you do, you can use the discount code KE10. Um, but yeah, I mean, ten pound braid, ten or twelve pound fluorocarbon leader. We were using the Northland tungsten mm-hmm. jig, which. You don't have to use tungsten, especially when you're around big boulders like we were submerged, like foundation boulders. I mean, I've lost several. My shields package will be here at some point during this podcast of nice. <laughs> my, the re-up of tungsten jigs that are basically five dollars a freaking yeah. piece. Yeah. Um, but the tungsten just helps you feel everything. Um, the braid when you're stroking that bait up off the bottom and it's falling, and those walleyes are aggressive and they hit it on the fall, and you feel that thunk versus the other part of the bite which was the majority of the bites that we had where you know you lift that bait up and let it hit bottom and when you lift that rod up again you just feel mush because that fish has ate it pretty much off the bottom or pinned it to the bottom but having the right rod for pitching jigs is key well and those those um those northlands um they're slim they're slim but they've got that longer shank well, of course, hook, Premium which, hook. which, um, I think is an important thing to, to mention because we did have a fair amount of short strikes the other night yeah. and to the point where we even lost the, the tail off the bait. Um, and those longer shank hooks give you just that little bit of edge, um, to catch some of those short strikers. So that might be something to. Yeah. Well, I even said that night too, because that on, was like, you know? that was the last day or two of our gin clear water. Yep. Because I mean, we got what was the final total for rain in that in that one day? Like four and a half inches. Well, Lawrence had a lot more than I'm out in Eudora. I mean, we had we had just at three inches, but I think I saw oh, Lawrence the paper then. the next day. It was like four inches. Yeah. So and then the lake was coming up. Yeah. The inflow was crazy, but the yeah. water clarity didn't change, and then it did change. But that would I should have remember I said that night I was like I wish I would have I wish I would just pull out a hair jig. For right. those short strikers. Yeah, the absolutely. On the fly jigs that we used last year in that wiper video, like you guys had seen in my Green Bay videos, but those hair jigs, when those fish shut off or get weird, especially with that trailer hook, that would have been money. But again, fishing around big rocks can be pretty tough with the hair, mm-hmm. depending on how you're fishing it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that kind of covers the tackle for the casting bite that we were on. That was really fun. And I'm, I mean, it will that bite's going to stay like that all summer. We could go and do that again because Danny oh, yeah. and I remember we filmed that video like the day after the 4th of July, two years ago. And I was catching big ones. Oh on yeah. The pile. Like we were sitting over there waiting for the fireworks to start because yep. we were going to watch them over the dam. I just picked up a hammer tail. That was my first like casting the hammer tail up shallow video where we caught some really nice ones. Yeah. And I mean, so. I'm it's, it's funny too, because um, so I'm 48 and 
you know, I've fished a lot of these reservoirs here my whole life and you could almost draw a line in the sand um, as to when that walleye bite starts to taper off. You get into those real dog days of summer. Yeah. And, um, and usually it is, it's, it's right after the 4th of July mm-hmm. and um, it just gets balls hot and it just ugh. gets like, there's no freaking wind. No, like and, last and year, the lake's like 90. And that's why I take, I take the whole month of July off. Like I've got my honeymoon this year with Danny Well, 4th of July, then honeymoon. And then the rest of the month off, I have like one, one random trip guide trip at the end of the month, but then August still take like a week off. But that August, I mean, that's why I was guiding at a whole different lake last year because we never had any wind and the freaking midge fly hatches were <laughs> so bad and they're already bad this year. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just brutal. What, like $50 at the car wash yesterday. But this, yeah, but this, that's only like applicable to the mid South because up North, it doesn't suck because they're so far behind weather-wise. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they can catch walleyes all summer because that water's not 86 degrees. Right. Yeah. And the mayfly, I mean, the mayfly hatch can always make it tough up there like it can here, but everything up there is so far behind. So I don't want people listening, especially up in the North Country, to think like, oh, yeah, July and August suck. Like, that's why my no. dad and I are going to Green Bay yeah. in August because it's yeah. called August for a reason when we're catching giants. Giants. There can be dog days times up there, but even on the Great Lakes, like you're gonna have some wind down here. I mean, I would just prefer to rather reschedule a trip if the wind's gonna say if <laughs> yeah. the wind's gonna like be blowing one to three quarters of a mile an hour all morning. Yeah. I mean it's that for me, that's yeah. usually the time to I mean the kids I've got a couple of kids that are in high school and and for us, you know, we start to kind of transition to that time to just be out on the weekends and coven it um you know with friends and and doing some doing a little jet skiing yeah well we'll do that occasional cerveza um so yeah it um it's kind of nice to to have that outlet too i feel like i chose the wrong picture for this i don't know see how that one see how that walleye is kind of yeah but that was the feisty one it's still an epic that was a feisty one i'm pretty sure that that walleye um Saw guy. I, well, yeah, the saw guy. Uh, pretty sure he got bled right there in that picture because because um, <laughs> your fingers he ripped pretty his much ripped out. his gills out right there as he was flopping. Also, big but, big shout out to Slim. My yes, buddy Slim Pickens Slim for Pickens. coming over and taking this picture. I, he's like, man, I wish I would have known you had a YouTube channel. I just found you. You're famous. So, Slim, if you're watching, shout out for taking this picture and yeah, shout out for your like 30 inch drum that night. Yes, the drum. <laughs> that thing was monster. But thanks for boat jumping over and taking this picture. It turned out great. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. Yes, yes. So anyway, that's kind of been the last uh, three, four weeks here. Um, I mean, obviously, we're not done with this podcast yet, but just that was kind of like the recap. But it is fun to be on those casting bites, um, especially a bit. It For me, like as a guide, it just depends on who's in the boat. You know, like kids, probably not going to maybe try and get them on that cast. I'm talking you know, 12 and youngsters. Yeah. That if they, you know, it's probably going to be difficult. So I'm going to break out all four bottom bouncer rods and start dragging those around the broad bends over and they just reel them in type situation. A little more immediate gratification. Some days are different though. Some days like that morning bite just isn't there. And you know, you can fish one spot casting in the morning, not get anything. You can come back two or three hours later and those fish are going, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately for the lakes that we fish those spots are so small that there's a chance that there's probably going to be three or four boats on it in your sol yeah which you know 
on the spot that we were fishing is big enough to fish one one boat. Do you think everybody else knows that and cares? No, no, <laughs> Cons- not a bit. They'll come. <laughs> so that goes without saying. Flies on shit. Yeah, they see the net fly. <laughs> so. But well, let's talk a little bit about like the bottom bouncing stuff. I mean, you guys yeah. that are watching this or maybe uh, listening on the podcast saw my, the bottom bouncing one-on-one video that I did on Memorial Day. Um, that was at a uh, totally different lake than I don't mm-hmm. fish. And yeah. just, I mean, I know where the walleyes live there. I just don't drive the hour south to get there. But I mean, within three minutes of rods being in, had fish on. Yep. And it just never stopped. And Danny was like pissed. Well, not pissed. She had been out with me all day. It was so hot. We started at a small lake, Carbondale. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's where we yeah. went first because okay. I was like, well, I'm going to catch a big saw guy. Yeah. Because I have a couple of buddies that fish there and it just, nice. like, it was so hot. There was no wind <laughs> and it, we got there at like one o'clock and it just wasn't happening. So needless to say, she was pissed because she had been with me all day and she was just crispy and over it. But I just couldn't stop catching walleyes at the second lake that we went to. But back to my original point, as far as tackle goes rods i mean i i love the just seven foot medium medium mm-hmm. moderate action rods mm-hmm. like those shields rods that i used for a year that i got last year were super good and then we at fox river developed that seven foot medium does it's a fast tip it's not moderate so it's a right. little bit stiffer right but not super stiff it's just like a mild crankbait rod yep i mean that's what i'm running is the fox river and i, I love it it's just, well but you're using the trolling rods though. right the trolling right. rods yeah, yeah with like my the, bouncers with the longer yep. butts and yep. stuff and line counters but yes. now with the flipping switch line counters absolutely but you always want you know something with more of a moderate action so they can bend that rod and not feel it right away and just let them sit on it for a while with a bent before you pick it up and I mean, maybe even in this podcast too, I'll link that video that you and I did mm-hmm. back when I was still using the Fox River trolling rods with the big counters right. and stuff. Yeah, that, yeah that would be good. That idea. old guy was, we were trying to run the the road and that old guy was just like right there. <laughs> right on us. <laughs> and I hope, well, was, yeah, this guy showed up in my... That never happens, right? This guy showed up in my uh, mean comments reading with Josh. What's his name on YouTube? I think I remember Lip Ripper. He commented on that video oh, yeah. of you and me. Yeah that day and was like what a tool or what a clown or what a tool another clown that thinks he owns the lake Ah, just like the uh classic that's why this podcast is called you don't own the lake it's exactly because i'm paying homage to all you idiots that say that (laughs) you don't own the lake but yeah that's like the rods um if you guys haven't seen that video go i'll link that one somewhere up here as you guys are watching too um go pick one up um but the real to having a counter for me as a guide is, is nice because I can tell clients in the front of the boat, hey, let those out till till it says 21 feet or 22 feet. Whereas like with me and you, we could just use a regular one without right. a counter because we know when it's on bottom and you don't want those lines way back like crankbaits just right below the boat. Line at a 45. 45, yep. Keep your speed, which right now, I mean, we were catching most of our fish. We caught two yesterday. I was going like 1.7. I wasn't even paying attention because we were just doing shit in the boat. And I'm like, oh my God, we're hauling ass. And all of a sudden I look over and a rod's bent over. So as that water warms up, you can really crank that speed up. I mean, we were up to damn near two the other day. And um, as long as you have a bottom contact with the bouncer. nine to two. I mean, depending on, you know, how far you are in the summer. But if you're picking up like so. uh, my buddy Dave McKee, which speaking of which, hey, grab one of those shirts right there. 
<laughs> I don't think I sent you a picture of this. Big shout out to my buddy, Dave McKee. Oh, I always tell him, Dave will never book a trip with me, but he'll always make sure he fishes right on top of me. And it's okay because he's a really nice, just old, old, nice guy. But I always say, Dave, if you're going to fish that close to me, you got to bring me a bottle of Tito's. Twice now, he's done it. And awesome. that was Thursday morning, Sweet. Went the morning that yeah, you and I yeah, fished yeah, in the afternoon. Awesome. And I was on that casting bite. He came over and he didn't, he was pulling spinners. Okay. But he, uh, he was like, Hey, I got that stuff for you. So he gave me a bag and I felt, I was like, Oh, I know what this is. And he's like, open, <laughs> open up. What else is in there? <laughs> uh, solid. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate, appreciate the sentiment. Made me a couple homemade shirts. You don't own the lake, but anyway, Dave, Dave himself was posting pictures this morning of when he was pulling spinners. He posted his first picture. He posted, he caught like a four foot long stick. And then the second picture he posted, he caught a six uh, like a rag or oh, yeah. something. Wow. And then last week, that same day I saw him, he posted a picture. He caught a pair of sunglasses. And I told him, I'm like, you have to speed up, Dave. If you're picking up shit on the bottom, yeah. you're going slow. way too slow, yeah, yeah. especially if you're using the aluminum or metal like hammered Colorado style blades. Mm-hmm. They're heavy and they're just going to sink right to the bottom. Whereas we use the smile blades, the plastic yeah. ones, they have a less of a tendency to, to sink down. Yeah. I stay up in the column. You got to speed up. Yeah, if you're, I tell my dad too. I'm like, if you're catching drum, you gotta speed up, and you learn that early on. And but yeah, keep it right in that like 0.9, depending on uh, the water temperature early in the season. Slower when the water's cold. Yeah, 0.9 to 1.2 early. Really, yeah, be the but then ticket, especially if you get shallow, kick that shit up to mile and a half, 1.7. Just do what the fish want you to do. Yeah, they'll let you know. Yeah, but we run. 15 pound braid on the bottom bouncers mm-hmm. have to run braid. Some guys like mono cause they like the stretch, but I like to be able to feel everything on the bottom. I want to know if I'm on like a rock substrate or mud or mud to rock substrate transition Absolutely. situation. Yeah. The only and time, then, the only time I run monos is yeah. if I'm using crank trolling cranks, right. um, 10 pound mono. Yeah. Well, for me, I run 12 because 12 follows the precision trolling data depth curve mm. for everything. Yeah. Which is 12 pound big game, which 12 pound big game might have the line diameter of 10 pound. Yeah. Because like my, my flicker shad chart, um, it is 10 pound, um, mono that, 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 that follows. Yeah. So big, um, game, big game is different though. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, diameter, got, it's a little thicker. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember. And I'm using trialing. Yeah. So, but, um, I don't know. I mean, that might be the uh, one other thing to chat about is just pulling cranks. Um, it seems like as we kind of get further along here now, um, that crankbait bite is going to start to pick up and the fish are a little more scattered sometimes, you know, depending on the time of day. Big time scattered. Yeah. And, and that's a really nice way to, to get fish. Um, and if you've got kids in the boat, uh, it's, it's pretty fun too. I mean, it's a, it's a nice you catch way for them to, to catch yeah, white yep. wipers. Absolutely. I mean, whatever, like, yeah, I, but at least you're catching fish and the kids enjoy that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's good. And you don't have to fuck with night crawlers either. Yeah. Oh that, man. I mean, bottom yeah. bouncers are good, but like for me as a guide, sometimes it gets old, uh, 
dealing with night crawlers all the time. That's why I was so excited about the casting stretch that I was on. I hadn't touched a crawler yeah. in literally six days until. Well, and you know how yesterday. dirty my boat is. Like I, <laughs> I, I love having crawlers in my boat. Yeah. Dirt everywhere. It just is awesome. But if it's we were smart, if we were smart and planned ahead, which you do better than I do, because you're less busy fishing wise than I am. We would take them out of the dirt or the bedding or take them out of the dirt, yeah. putting them, put them in a special bedding or take them out of the dirt and put them in an ice bath in a Tupperware container, right. yep. Tupperware. which I should, which in the, when the Lund is ready, you can yeah. bet your ass. But by the time the Lund is ready, I won't be fishing worms anymore. Probably. Yeah. But, Speaking of which ETA, you know, I don't know. I mean, we can go, I was texting both of them cause I was, I got to get in touch with Hoover cause I have to register yeah the thing but kayla at mid kansas marine oh, register she said yeah i mean the aqua traction is being drafted and Sweet. this is their their busiest time of year yeah so of course it is i don't know i'm almost in half a mind to say hey i'm gonna bring the crestliner out there and rig up the electronics and i'll fish the boat until the aqua traction's ready and then i'll bring it out there and we can just knock it out in like a day or two because i feel like i don't know it's june 5th yeah and I take all July off. I feel like at this point I'm going to fish the Crestliner for the rest of June, and then just yeah. and I, then I go on. The, I won't even probably fish the line until like after I get back from the honeymoon. Yeah. I don't know. If it was me, I probably yeah, I just wait. I mean, I hate, well, what's the rush? Right? Because if I had, had if I had if I had five dollars for every person that asked me when the Lund was going to be ready, I could buy you a new Lund. Ah, nice. <laughs> that's, nice. that's how brutal. And this is no Perfect. shade. No shade to Mid-Kansas Marine at all because the boat is there and it's ready, but the aqua traction takes a while to get the material. And because I had a shitload of material, I mean, the floor, the yeah. front deck, and the gunnels, mm -hmm. um, and then the electronic swap for my Crestliner. It'll be when it's going to be, but now I'm starting to get antsy. That's why I hit up Garrett and Kayla this morning. Garrett for numbers so I can go... Right. Get it because Get I cannot, I can't register the boat without the bill of sale or a receipt from receipt. the dealer. Yep. And I already have everything pending in the KDWP system right now. Cause I want that boat to have numbers when I pick it up so I can go drive it. I don't want to end up getting fucked like I did last yeah. year with the Crestliner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember. Boat in yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I get stopped at the ramp by the, by Zach Porterfield, who does not work at Clinton anymore, thankfully. Not thankfully. No, no, sh no shade to Zach, but. I was on, I took my dad out that morning and was going to be like on my way to the office when it opened at eight o'clock to register the boat. Yeah. No, I remember I you called me. You're like, dude, classic. Just got to take it. Classic. <laughs> so anyway, that's the status on the Lund. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Rest of the summer cranks. I mean, somebody was talking about like an August, September, August, early September trip earlier today. And they were like, are the walleye still going to yeah. be biting? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but it'll be slow. And when I book trips in August and September, early September, I'm like, whatever bends the rod. Right. Yeah. It's a free for all. That's that time, yeah. <laughs> time here. Yeah. Cause it can be tough. It can be tough, yeah. but we always, I mean, you can catch them. We start, we start catching summer. Summer is not just like a crankbait only or crankbait only is not just for summer. It's like, you know, I have buddies that start fishing cranks for saugers in March and just like I did two years no, ago. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like a, a whole thing, but the fish are, get more scattered in the summertime. They're not like positioned all the time on structure. Mm -hmm. So they get on the mud flats and just, I mean, I'm sure Jim Miazga, the fisheries biologist and I were talking about this. We're like, well, where'd all these 25 to 28 inch walleyes go in the summer? They probably suspend 
just like the fish up north do and they're just harder to target absolutely i, I totally agree with versus that. like I all mean, the smaller fish that are just on the bottom out shallow in the mud flats yep. or whatever yeah I mean, so they're not that big for no reason right so mm-hmm. so pulling lead core you know could catch them absolutely. I, I love yeah yeah i love my yeah. lead core spreads yeah. that i run when it's fun it's fun yep that's i like those new fox river 10 and a half footers do the 10 foot 10 and a half footers with mono straight out the side mm-hmm. and then the new five foot two shorty fox river rods straight out the back on lead core and you've got a whole spread that's never going to tangle and no planer boards yeah necessary so that's hey actually too. that reminds me something um since we're kind of free for all in it here for a minute um we were talking it was probably two weeks ago um back to the bottom bouncers um and let's say uh so for instance here in kansas you can get a three pole permit um each person can fish two rods legally but you can also get a three pole permit so you could fish three but let's say um like when you and danny were out um and you're running a four rod setup i only ran two that day well but but let's say let's say you oh, were yeah. running four rods yeah okay so talk a little bit about the ounces um, that you'd run oh, up yeah. front versus in back. Well, that again, that's and like the order of of letting that stuff out. Yeah, that's something that, I think people need. to All think All that about. stuff is in that bottom bouncer one on one video, which you know, again, I'll I'll link that somewhere. If you guys are watching on YouTube, and if you're listening to this and not on YouTube, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe. Obviously, go to that video because all the links for all that stuff are in there. But when we run a four rod spread. The key to running four bottom bouncers from the front to the back is keeping the weights in the front of the bump on your bottom bouncers heavier than in the back. So we run two ounce bottom bouncers in the front and one and a half in the back. And that two ounces in the front helps keep those baits more vertical under the boat so that they don't drift back into the back rods. Like in the back of the boat, you can afford to have a little bit too much line out depending on the depth. Um, but if you have too much line out in the front, doesn't matter how much weight you're running, they're going to get tangled up, especially if you run into like a wiper or something, it's mm-hmm. just going to be, be a complete gong show on that side of the boat. Yeah. So having those consistent, but if you're just getting started out bottom bouncing, don't get crazy and think you have to run four rods. I've, I'm feel like I'm very dialed on the bottom bouncer Absolutely. front yeah, you to are. where when I have clients, in the boat, two clients, um, two rods in the front, two in the back, everyone has something to watch teamwork makes the dream work you know i always if somebody's in the front of the boat and they fish i'm like here's a box of night crawlers because if you get bit off or catch a fish take your fish off put another night crawler on i'm trying to keep the boat speed trying to follow whatever contour i'm on doing this that and the other um i can't be you know yeah. but if i have kids in the boat obviously you know it's fine no, but if somebody is going on able you know running four rods teamwork definitely makes the dream work yeah. but yeah that's if you guys want to get crazy and run four rods it doesn't matter but just like i said in that that bottom bouncer one-on-one video um one ounce is one ounce per 10 feet of water that you're fishing so i always err on the side of going a little bit heavier so mm-hmm. one and a half ounces is pretty standard no matter what depth of fishing uh shout like eh, well i don't know i would say like 15 shallower but anything over that you got to go heavier. The fish don't care what size the bottom bouncer no. is. As long as your line is at a 45 degree angle when you're at speed. Um, cause if you have more than a 45, you got too much line out. Yep. Or you're too light. Yep. The weight's too light. Yeah. The weight's so. too light. No, that's good info, man. Yeah. Thanks for, so, uh, 
going over that again. I yeah. know that you did have that in your video, but uh, I think it's, you know, it's okay to. Well, there's summer fishing. There's a lot to again, cover the casting, know? trolling cranks, bottom yeah. bouncers. I mean, I mean, I wish that, well, yesterday, like when I had uh, my client buddy, my Jeff Miller out, I told him cause he was looking at the slip bobber rods in there with mm-hmm. the Phil wobble bobbers. I'm like, God, I, fr- I should have had those. Cause that would be deadly. We should have had those Thursday. Night. Yeah. Big time. I mean, it would have been, that would have been deadly, but it also we were catching them so good. It might've just been a shit show. Like yeah. we're casting and have a bobber out and it's like all, you have to drop one rod to grab the other and get it. But slip bobbers up shallow in the summer, just letting that bait hang forever and letting that fish stare at it versus trying to drag a jig and a night crawler or whatever. Mm-hmm. But having a, you know, like, I think everything I have in my slip bobber box is like a 16th ounce fireball, the Northland oh, yeah. fireball jig. Yep. Letting that hang right up off the bottom under a slip bobber over shallow structure. Deadly. I know guys that do it at Hillsdale. No, I believe it. It's like, I believe it. Giants, Rob Masterson, Ron Earhart, Tony Gallant. He fishes slip, slip floats a lot and guys up North do it with leeches, mm-hmm. but yeah, super deadly. But now on those freaking rock piles, the bluegills are spawning. <laughs> so you got to worry about yeah. the, those <laughs> seven stinkers, to nine man. inch. Although that's not a bad time. You like set the hook into an eight inch bluegill. You're like, oh yeah, it's a 15 inch walleye because they fight so far. I hard. was going to say, yeah, there's, there's Fun. some, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to pass up a nice gill, man. Mm. They're a little big little, time, little buttery fish too. Yeah, they're, big not, time. they're not bad eaters. So, well, that we're right at the hour mark here. So, well, yeah. ish, you know, yeah. I, I don't remember. We were kind of dicking around that at the quick. beginning there, but good talk. Um, just kind of like bring everything back together. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I just wanted to kind of go over like my personal as a fishing guide and everything that we've been doing and how crazy things have been that April to May to June transition of like the cold, cool, I shouldn't say cold, cool water to the, from the post-spawn fish. Uh, fresh post-spawn fish to there's the water starting to get warm their metabolism's getting high the bait's moving around we've got bug hatches mm-hmm. the wind's going every other direction especially in the spring every other um, day yeah literally <laughs> um and just how we transitioned from because i'm not pulling spinners year round you know there might be some guides that are like well i know of one specifically in the states like well you put let's put two number seven flicker shads 100 feet out back behind the boat Fire up the big motor and just drive around. Drive around. And we'll catch what everything, yeah. you know, yeah. which like as from a client perspective, I'm like, God, I can't think of anything I'd rather not do on yeah. every trip for, you know, four to eight hours than pull two number seven flicker shads around the lake on, around every point. Yeah. But having that trolling bite, the bottom bouncer bite, which like, I mean, it's kind of trolling. It's so slow. I mean, you can hold the rod or put them in the holders, yeah. but it's so interactive for everyone. You always are watching for something like, I mean, a fish hits a crankbait, that rod bends over. Even if you don't look at it for 30 seconds, he's still going to be hooked. Bottom bouncer, yeah. different story. Those big ones, they'll come up and they'll grab the whole thing and they'll just sit on it. And if you don't see that rod in time when it's folded, he's just going to. Yep. Spitter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, and I'm sure you'd, you'd probably agree. Um, for me, it's casting first. Um, if you can get on a good casting bite, that is the cat's meow. And then, especially on a small spot. Yeah. And then, um, and then bouncing and then probably trolling third, just because in my mind, trolling is probably more of a, um, social kind of 
fishing maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I mean, it has to be there. It has you know, to be like those fish aren't set up on any one spot. They're scattered. So therefore we are. Yeah. Trolling. And there's a reason that we're doing it when yeah. we're doing it for right. sure. Versus but, like, I'm not lazy or versus I'm being lazy and all I want right. to do is troll. Right. You know, because it's easy right. and we're probably going to catch fish. Yeah. No, I totally Different agree clientele that. for me. Yep. You know, just depends on the clients. But anyway, so I had upcoming things on here. We've already talked about it. I'm just waiting on the Lund to be done. It's yep. there. It's ready. Um, with the exception of the aqua traction and getting my electronics switched over. So I'll be excited to show you guys that on an upcoming video. Um, I pretty much covered the videos that I wanted to do for this month as far as bottom bouncing and casting. I may do another casting video, but I just don't want it to be on the same spot in the same place. So if the time allows, we'll try it. Uh, Father's Day is coming up. I'm going to take yeah. my dad to a different lake for a wiper bite. You know the lake. Yep. You know the bite. Sweet. You nice. guys saw it. Very I did a good. video two videos ago with those giant cranks. I'll take my dad. We might do that again. And then um, be awesome. After that, then it's July, and I'm off for almost an entire month to go to Cancun on the honeymoon, uh, the 4th of July 1st, and then just take some time to breathe, sleep in, hang out with everyone. Yeah. So I don't think it's a full four weeks. Last week, I took a full four weeks off, and I drove Danny fucking crazy. Yeah. But this, week, this year, I think it's just like three or three and a half or something like that. So... Those are the things that are coming up, but that'll allow me a lot more time to schedule all of the guests that we have. Because again, this is a very busy time of year for everybody. Doesn't matter who you are. I mean, we've got walleye guys, constant tournaments. Um, the fisheries biologist was that thunder? That was thunder. Nice. Yeah, we got yeah. It's coming. afternoon showers. We got rain. Well, I got to get those groceries off the front porch. But yeah. Um, so again, that'll allow me more time for the podcast and stuff. But I did just need a little break from that. Um, cause I wanted to get, while the bites were so good, I wanted to get those videos out fresh. So we had the wiper bite, big cranks. Um, we had the casting bite for walleyes that we talked about and the bottom bouncing one-on-one. So if you guys haven't seen those videos, please go check them out. I will put them in the description on the YouTube video. And if you guys are listening on Apple music or Spotify or Amazon, uh, go to the YouTube channel and check those videos out. So in the meantime, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks Talking for having shit me. for a, a while. Awesome. Because this would have been Anytime, tough to brother. do by myself because I almost did on Friday morning. Remember yeah. when I called you and yeah. I was like, do you have time this morning to yeah. just come over for an hour and do this podcast like, so I don't have to do it alone? <laughs> Work calls that day. Yeah. So, but, so. Uh, happy we could do it though. Yeah, good shit. We'll do it yeah. again for sure. Because you're, I mean, uh, hopefully everybody out there will learn a little something from this podcast. Yeah. Or feed them more fuel to, uh, talk shit about my weed vape pen and my jailhouse tats it's true it's true jailhouse tats <laughs> jailhouse tats all right guys well awesome. thanks so much for watching slash listening and uh, we'll be looking forward to the next one so thanks for sticking around there's more thunder more thunder nice. and don't forget out there you don't own el lago you don't own the lake <laughs>